Welcome to our podcast, The Millennial Girl Way, the podcast that highlights real millennial women doing a damn thing by turning their dreams into reality. Today, we are joined by special guest, Tiffany Cartwright, the CEO and founder of Amara Products. Through her company, Tiffany has developed a line of skincare products called Glam Body Scrubs that is currently on Walmart shelves in all 50 states in exclusive locations. Glam Body Products is a certified woman-owned and minority-owned business dedicated to eco-friendly, skin-friendly products. Committed to bringing positive change, Tiffany's mission is to bring employment opportunities, mentorship, and hope to underserved inner-city communities. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, We're happy to have you. And if you could just start off by, you know, telling us a little bit more about yourself and how you started Amara Products. That would be great. Absolutely, absolutely. And once again, thank you so much for having me on. It is truly an honor and a privilege to join you um, and actually to be able to share my story um, because it's kind of, you know, it, it took a lot of twists and turns. You know, I was not one of those people that always said, oh, I want to be a business owner. I want to have business. I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, no, you know, it was always when you grow up, you know, become a doctor, become a lawyer, you know, become a nurse, what have you. And so, you know, my journey started when my little baby girl was born with eczema. And, you know, I was like, I don't want to use steroids. I don't want to use harsh chemicals on her skin because I was worried about, you know, side effects and what that might do to her. So I literally got in the kitchen and just started mixing oils together and trying them on her skin to see if they would help. And the good news is that they actually worked. And so I then started just gifting them to like my mom and, you know, family and my girlfriends for like Mother's Day or, you know, just birthday gifts and holiday gifts, still never dreaming that it would become a national beauty brand. And so, you know, one day I was listening to a radio broadcast and it was actually my brother, who's also my mentor. And he was talking to, you know, the audience, he says, you know, that book that's inside of you, that invention you've been sitting on, he said, you know, those recipes that were handed to you from your mother, your grandmother and great grandmother, he said, those concoctions you've been mixing, he was like, that's a business that you're sitting on. And he said, you know, the world needs what you have. So get moving, you know, start a business. And I was like, you know what, let's do it. And so I started an LLC. I got incorporated, got my tax ID number and things like that. And then it just so happens he announced, he said, hey, Shark Tank is coming to town. And Shark Tank is looking for people with businesses to come and pitch their products. So I'm like, you know what, what do I have to lose? And so a whole group of us from Global Empowerment, we got together um, and it was a tech town, you know, in Detroit. And we went and we auditioned for Shark Tank. And as it turns out, the team lead that was um, in charge of like the um, producing was also a person who suffered from eczema. And so as they would have it, it was like he just connected and he just got it because he knows what it's like to have a skin condition and have all these harsh products, you know, that people are using that, you know, have negative effects on the skin. So to have a natural organic one was like, yes, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And so I actually got a yes from Shark Tank at the local level to go ahead to the next round. And I'm looking forward to joining the actual show uh, in the near future, going to LA. And so, yeah, it's been amazing. And so, and then it got even better because then Walmart, you know, my brother, he announced, he told everybody, hey, Walmart is looking for suppliers who have products that are made in America. So again, once again, it's like, hey, let's go for it. What do we have to lose? So I travel with my mom 
And my son, we went down to Bentonville, Arkansas. We actually sat down and talked with the buyers and I was able to um, get a deal to put my product in Walmart stores. And so it has been just an amazing, awesome journey. Um, I do pop-ups. I'm doing launches in store. I'm doing um, internet campaigns, the whole nine yards. And so, like I said, it's just been an amazing, wonderful, awesome experience. I am, we're only like, what, five minutes into this conversation. And I'm already (laughs) so inspired by you um, to start, you know, just trying to solve that issue of eczema. My mom also has eczema and I know that's a big pain point of hers is like, I don't want to try these new products because I don't know what's in them. And in a lot of scenarios, they say, oh, it'll help treat sensitive skin. But, you know, she still breaks out and she still, you know, has her eczema flare up. So I think that's so dope. And then two, just hearing how, you know, you heard about an opportunity and then you were like, you know what? what do I have to lose? That is, because most people would hear that. And I'm sure you're not the only person, right? Who heard that announcement. And I'm sure there were other people with ideas who kind of maybe just sat on it or said, oh, it's not my time. But um, wow, is is all I really have to say is just, that's so inspiring that you uh, just, you got up and you did it. You know, I think that's always the hardest part. Yeah, yeah and- you're right. Mm-hmm. And taking all the opportunities that come to you as well. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting, you know, from just the beginning, um, even your, your inspiration for actually starting a line to help treat your daughter's eczema. Um, you know, going back to, to that moment and then seeing the results um, from building your, your own products and things like that. How soon were you able to see, you know, uh, results for your daughter? And then what led you to just say, Hey, you know what, we're going to sell, I'm going to sell these products. Yes. Great questions. And it's actually, the results didn't take long at all. And I have to tell you though, you know, in the medical community, they're really big on pharmaceuticals, as I'm sure everybody knows. So I got a lot of pushback, you know, from doctors, from pediatricians, they were like, oh no, 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 you know, get the prescription, get the prescription. But, you know, once I started seeing results on her skin, you know, I was like, no, I'm not getting a prescription. I mean, because what I'm doing and like, um, like you mentioned, I know what I'm putting on her skin. I know there's no preservatives. I know there's no additives. Mm -hmm. I know there's no chemicals. Well, I couldn't say that with a prescription. When you look at a label to me and you can't pronounce like anything that's on there, (laughs) that's not a good look. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you can't pronounce it, you can't even read it. Like, what is all this? No, I didn't want to do that. And I was really thankful because I have to say there was this one um, pediatrician that I talked to because I was like really getting a little just, you know, I was like, this is kind of frustrating because I'm getting all this pushback from people in the medical community. And she was honest. I'm so thankful. She was honest with me. And she said to me, you know what, I'm going to just tell you. She said, my husband is a dermatologist and natural remedies really do work. And she actually mm-hmm. said that going against what the medical community would have you believe and going against what we now know is absolutely true. Um, she told me you're, you're doing it. And she said, keep doing what you're doing. And I guess I feel as though when you have something that works, I'm a person that, 
if I have a better way of doing something, if I can make it better and I can help people in a safe way, I feel like you have a responsibility. You have an obligation because that's a gift. That's the way I look at it is that you have a gift. So, and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be skincare. If it's, if it's a book, if you have particular knowledge or those inventions, you know, when you look at the things that we take for granted today that we look around and we use without thinking about it, that was someone's idea. That was someone's gift. And if you think about it, what if they sat on that and they never um, opened it up and let the world partake of it? How far behind would we be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the way I look at it. It doesn't matter what it is. When you are blessed to have a gift or something to share, it's never about you. You always have to think outside of yourself. And I had to think, well, if this is helping my daughter, how many other people, like you said, who else has a mother, an auntie, an uncle, a child, a grandchild that is suffering from eczema that could benefit from what I have and what I'm using? And that, to me, up the ante where it's like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Right. Yes. And I I really love your point about... um, whatever it is that you have to offer the world, you know, sharing your gift and no matter how many people it may impact, it is your personal responsibility Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, Because it's like you were saying, it's really not about you. It's about what's and who who and what is left behind, you know, Um, Mm. the reason why we've been able to make so much progress in the world in all arenas is because a person has had a special talent or a special idea or things like that, and they've done it, they've put it out on the, the world stage, and they've let it impact and move the world, you know, that much more forward. So uh, thank you for, you know, sharing your, your talent and, you know, impacting the lives of people who have had so many skin issues. And that's, that's the big thing. I think, you know, even talking about um, the medical field and um, the pharmaceutical field, we have a lot of things that are going into our body on a day-to-day basis that is not natural, mm-hmm. that is not good for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in pursuit of money, these big companies and these officials, these political officials, they have this vested interest in even, you know, giving these things to us that are not for us, you know? And so I think that is very important to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, put natural and organic products out there and solutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of just the natural brands and natural products in general, as you've kind of grown um, your business, you know, now seeing you in Walmart and things like that, have you had any difficulty with, you know, maintaining that natural aspect of your products and, you know, as you grow and continue to scale up? You know, thankfully, I guess because I am pretty, um, I'm pretty adamant <laughs> about my brand. <laughs> and you know what, I made a decision early on, and I think this is what is important as entrepreneurs. You know, at some point, you have to make a decision, um, and you have to take a stand. And I decided that, I would not compromise the integrity of my brand under any circumstances. You know what I mean? Um, Because of the way mine started, I was like, I'm not going to um, do anything that would hurt or harm my reputation as far as my brand. I want to always have a brand that people can look to and know that if I say it's natural, then it really is natural. And so um, because of that, and I have, I've, I've had manufacturers try to tell me, well, you've got to add this. Well, you have to add this. Well, you need to, you know, do this. And I have frankly just moved on and I dealt with them because 
um, again, I'm not ready to or willing to compromise the integrity of my brand. And I know that there are successful natural brands out there. And I know that there is no requirement that you have to add things. Now, in terms of cost cutting, you know, if I can be so candid, there's always a shortcut and there's sometimes a cheaper way to do it. But, you know, my brother has a saying, he says, when you take a shortcut, you get cut short. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. So I am not interested in working with anyone who is trying to get me to compromise the integrity of my brand in order to save a buck. And, you know, I know that one of the reasons that my product, I think, was a good fit for Walmart at the time is because what they were able to discover is that it doesn't matter what a person's income is. It doesn't matter how much a person makes. Everybody wants the best for themselves. You know what I mean? Everybody mm-hmm. wants to have something that's going to be a good quality, no matter how much you make. You know what I mean? And that's a priority. I think right now we're in an era where people are starting to understand the importance of organic and natural products. And I know for me, when I started my business, I had lost my job. You know what I mean? I was really like at a low point, but even at that point, I still wanted to be able to find the best quality of everything that I could, despite not having a lot to work with. And so one of the reasons I was happy to partner with Walmart is because I know that there are other people like myself that I, frankly, I wasn't shopping there because I wanted to, I was shopping there because I had to. I'm saying, right. I had to stretch what I had to make it go as far as it could. Would yeah. I like to be up in Whole Foods and Trader Joe and the rest of them? Absolutely. But I didn't have Whole Foods money, to be honest with you. But that right. didn't change my desire for good natural products. And because of that, like I said, I am committed to keeping affordable, reasonably priced natural products to make yeah. them available to the masses. Yeah, and I think that's something uh, that's very important. And even understanding that 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 is a market there, you know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. I think people um, think that, you know, the higher end, the organic, the the natural products, their target audience is this super, you know, um, sophisticated and well-to-do target audience mm-hmm. but no you have a whole market of people who need and want these natural organic products and it, it needs to be affordable for them um mm-hmm. so you know starting you know going back into you know just the inception and the beginning of the the business how did you first get the word out about your product you know i know you mentioned you were you know, unemployed and just really starting the business. So how did you kind of get it off the ground? Sharing it with friends and family and encouraging them to let other people know about it. Um, One of the things that has helped tremendously is that even using social media and using the internet and getting the word out, constantly posting. um, I am so thankful. I actually had girlfriends and family members, um, sorority sisters, that actually hosted parties for me, you know, like where we would go. And um, just like, kind of like Mary Kay, I call myself the Black Mary Kay, but (laughs) but we followed that business because that's a great business model. So Mm -hmm. I asked people, hey, would you consider hosting a party for me? And so I had people like, you know, my girlfriend, June, my cousin, Kendra, um, my half sister, um, Gerilyn, you know, people, Debbie and another girlfriend, like they just invited their friends and family over and they just told them, Hey, show up. 
and I would bring food. And one of them, I said, Dana, she actually put a whole spread on, invited, you know, a couple of girlfriends, some family members over. And all I did was hand around samples, let people sample it, let people go wash their hands with it, what have you. And they became customers. My motto is that to try it is to buy it. So that was really, that was the launch in terms of by the time Walmart hit it, because I wasn't limiting it. I was like, I will travel to wherever to host a party. And that really, again, helped build sales. Another thing that I did because of the pandemic, I wasn't able to actually do demos as much, you know, because there was social distancing and things like that. And so I launched a social media campaign called Help a Sister Out, where um, I hit Facebook business groups and things like that, other business owners, explain to them, hey, my product's in Walmart. They're looking at it. It's a great opportunity. Will you support my brand? And people all over the country went to the various Walmart stores and picked it up and grabbed a jar. That is amazing. I think, you know, first of all, just that campaign in general, I know um, that one of your goals is to eventually help other people um, get their products in, you know, these big retailers. I think that is exactly mm-hmm. what our community needs, like that type of initiative, of just supporting one another, because it's crazy. Like just thinking how many people are in these groups and then they go to the store, they buy our product, you know, um, that word of mouth is sometimes underestimated, you know, but um, mm-hmm. I think it surprises a lot of us at how far it can take your product. Um, what, you know, speaking of, you know, working with a big retailer like Walmart, uh, what has that dynamic really taught you, you know, the dynamic between a smaller business like yours and a a large retailer, um, like Walmart? Great question. I will tell you, it has been an amazing experience. I have learned so much. Um, I have actually traveled to Walmart stores all over the country that are carrying my product. Uh And I have worked with department managers, store managers. I have been able to engage with customers. I have gone in that back room, rolled my sleeves up to find out where more product may be backstop. I mean, (laughs) the whole nine. And so, and you know, the things that I have worked retail jobs all my life, I'm, you know, working at department stores, things like that. Um, But this experience has been nothing short of amazing because of what I've learned about how stores work. And my, um, I guess, perspective now, when I go into a Walmart store or a Target or a Kroger, you know, when I look at products on the shelf now, I no longer look at them as products. I look at them as families. And when you look at them as families, that makes it so much more to me, um, you can identify, it makes it more relatable. So when you see Heinz ketchup on the shelf, that's not just a bottle of Heinz ketchup, that's the Heinz family that's behind that. And I think that's one of the greatest lessons that I've learned is that when you look at everything you see on that shelf and you understand it's a family behind it, you look at it and you say, why not my family? That's all it is. And if they can do it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and you know what? I think a lot of times, you know, we make it more complicated than it needs to be, right? Um, Even the way that you were saying, you know, how you got your opportunity with Walmart, I think a lot of people just do not think they would ever be able to accomplish something like that. Um, But you Mm kind of explaining and, you know, uh, saying and expressing how valuable and, and really rewarding the experience has been for you um 
you know, it's something that's really resonating with me because for me, when I see products in Walmart, it's like, oh my gosh, like how did a person get their product in Walmart, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think learning or the the importance to me, um, and this is one of the, the things that I would say I've learned as well, is that, you know, we have to support and teach one another and we have to help. I always put a disclaimer out when I talk about my Walmart experience and I say, listen, I am not an agent for Walmart. I don't work for Target, Meyer, Kroger, any of them. And I don't profess to know everything, but what I am committed to doing is sharing the knowledge and the experiences that I have heard because they're my experiences and right. the information that I've been able to glean from my experiences. I feel that it is imperative that I share that because like you just said, prior to getting into Walmart, I didn't know anyone in Walmart that had a product. You know, I didn't know, mm -hmm. you know, who can I talk to that can really walk me through the steps and teach me what goes on behind the scenes. And so I really believe that that door has been open for me so that I can put my foot in it and hold it open for as many people that would be bold enough and courageous enough to come on and walk through the door with me. And so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing in terms of helping other business owners with their products, because I know that if we don't share the information, if we don't teach the information, then, you know, we'll never move forward. We'll never be able to get ahead, if you will. You know, I mentioned Heinz earlier. I just referenced them. But in many cases, what you see on the shelf now, these are third, fourth, and fifth generations where, you know, they had grandparents and great-grandparents who taught them the business and taught them, you know, how to get those products on the store shelves. And all they had to do was maintain a relationship with a foundation that had already been laid. Right. Well, what I like to remind people right now is that if you are starting a business right now, you are a founder. And if we look at that word founder, the root word, and you have to look at the foundation. And so what I am doing right now as a founder means that I am also laying a foundation so that I can, you know, I want to help others who are going to come behind me. You see what I mean? And I want right. to teach others in the same way that so much of what we see now was taught and passed down. And until we start to teach and pass that information, down, we're not going to have that representation on major store shelves. And, and I am personally, because of being, like I said, one of few, particularly African-American females being afforded this opportunity, I feel like, like we talked earlier, I have an obligation, I have a responsibility yes. to share knowledge, to share information, to mentor and to help others. Because again, I can't say that I win if I stand alone. It has to be we win and we have to lift as we climb. Yes. Lifting as we climb is one of my favorite models that I am firmly committed to. And I'll tell you what, being an African-American supplier for Walmart, one thing I have learned is that there's a heightened responsibility, if you will, that I have to help others. I have to teach this because, you know, if we don't, you'll never succeed. There's verbiage, there's lingo, um, there are acronyms. And we have to teach each other those acronyms. We have to teach each other that verb. You have to know the vernacular because when you sit across from that table, there are certain ways or questions that will ask. And these are, are reader questions. They're going to weed you out based upon what that response is. And if you don't know how to answer those questions in a way that's going to let that person know that you are, in fact, shelf ready, you're going to get disqualified and you'll never know why. Right. If I have that knowledge, I have to share that knowledge. When you talked about Heinz and those, and those other brands, you know, they have that generational help, you know, they're, a lot of yeah. these people are not, you know, creating companies 
from the ground and, you know, having done the, their mm-hmm. own research and in many cases created the product themselves with their hands like you did, you know, so their journey and their plight through that experience of getting something in Walmart is very different um, or any large, mm-hmm. retailer, you know, so I, I love yeah. how passionate you are and how committed, you know, it sounds like you are, and I know you are of um, making sure that, you know, your legacy and your impact doesn't just stop with your product you know, and getting yourself exactly. to Walmart. Because um, exactly. I, I agree. I think, you know, getting to the top is, is one thing, right? But, you know, if you, if you community is still where, you know, I once was, really how much progress did I actually make? You think the only way our community as a whole um, is really going to make any moves is if, you know, we all recognize the responsibility that we do have. Um, Right. Ensure that other people that look like us are also being afforded those opportunities. And a lot of the times, it really is just because we don't know certain things, like how to answer questions. You know, it matters. It definitely matters. You know, I, I, I agree. I think it's you would be doing, and I feel like it's like you do yourself a disservice if you're not create a brand that's all about, you know, uplifting other people and making them feel comfortable about themselves and helping them heal in a way. Um, but then kind of like strong holding that success and keeping it to yourself. Um, right. Kind of contradictory. That's you know, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. I totally agree. And like you said, you know, I can't consider myself successful if my community hasn't changed, you know, right. if my neighborhood hasn't changed, if I'm not creating jobs, if I'm not employing people, if I'm not doing things to make this world a better place, then I feel like it's all in vain. And um, I just, you know, I mean, I'm, I thank God I'm not wired that way. And, um, and I know, like I said, the things I've been through, I want to make it easier for someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. If there are certain things I can tell you that are going to save you, like I've had to share so many just business tips and pointers that I've learned along the way, like, um, like even barcodes, there's companies, lots of companies that sell barcodes. But when you're talking to big box retailers, if they're not from GS1, they're not going to accept them. And so I try to tell people that because I don't want you to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars just to be told you're selling products under somebody else's company name. You know what I mean? Um, you know, there's, there's tons of right now business owners are being afforded grant opportunities and we have to let people know if you have a business, listen, you have to have an LLC. You have to have a business bank account. You can't use your social security number because people are applying. And if those things aren't in place, you're just being denied the grant and you don't know why. So if you know that these are things that you have to be put in place and I have done, I mean, I do Facebook live videos. I'm just trying to get information out everywhere I can. I try to do as many of these, you know, podcasts, things like that. And, and yeah, it's nice to talk about my brand, but I'm really trying to impart information. I'm trying to help people. You know what I mean? I'm trying to help people out here. You know, I want to share information. I want to talk about my journey. I want to encourage and inspire and motivate people. Stir up the gift and get moving because, you know, what you have, we're only here for, a, you know, a limited amount of time. And when we talk about legacy and the message you want to leave behind, the impact that you want to make, it's happening right now. This is your opportunity and you only live once. So it's like, let's do it and let's do it right. Let's do it big. You know what I mean? And let's support and take as many others as we can with us. What are, um, what are some things that you're continuously doing to improve and grow your brand? I am trying to remain one of the biggest ones right now in light of COVID-19 is really being flexible and being adaptable because, you know, when you have a mindset that this is the way it's always been done um, and you, and you don't think outside the box, you are headed for a sure failure. You know, they call this virus, they say it's a novel, uh, (laughs) novel 
coronavirus and it's because it's new. We don't even know. And so I think that what is so important to do as a business owner is to understand that this may become our new normal. We don't know how long it's going to go for. And so many people held back and, and made changes or in response to it that didn't involve moving forward waiting and with the hope that you know it would blow over well here we are going into 2021 and it hasn't blown over the election has come and gone we're still here dealing with it and so i think that one of the the biggest things that i've tried to do is to pivot where needed you know this time last year i was jumping on airplanes i was in hotels i was landing in colorado and i was driving up and down you know in colorado down to colorado springs hitting all those stores you know what i mean life was vastly different than what it is right now and what i had to do is rather than wallow in that and say man i can't get to the customers what am i going to do my business is going to die the skincare part how do you sell skincare and you can't touch anybody's skin i was like i mean because i'm telling you skin care is taking a hit. It's like, what are you going to do? You're dealing with manufacturers that have decided to convert all of their equipment to PPE. They only want to make hand sanitizer. What are you going to do? So I have decided, I'm like, you know what? I've had to lean in, in terms of social media and using that as a great way to promote. I've had to lean in, in terms of personal context. I've had to come up with different type of campaigns. And even in response to manufacturing, I'm in the process now in response to the pandemic, I'm looking to build my own manufacturing plant right in the city of Detroit so that I can have total ownership and not have anybody else where I have to depend on. So if manufacturers say we don't want to produce your product because we're going to do hand sanitizer, where I can say, guess what? Peace and love. Keep it moving. So, So those are the things that to me, it's important to try to turn those negatives into positives and a workaround, figure out how you need to pivot to stay alive and keep it moving. Because if you don't, you know, um, this is a new way of doing things. And this is our new normal. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. We hear about restaurants that are going out of business. Listen, if you're a restaurant owner and you just refuse to set up, you know, to work with Grubhub or whomever so you can deliver your food into the hands of people and you want to insist on trying to remain open in spite of everything that's going on, then okay, your business may end up going under. But the smart ones decided to pivot and decided to start delivering that food to people and build up their drive through service and their delivery service so that they could stay alive and keep the business going. So you see what I mean? So we can be stubborn and we can kind of, you know, draw that line in the sand if we want to, or we can just deal with it and say, this is the new normal. How do we make it work? And so that's, that's like one of the biggest things I can say right now is, you know, figuring out how to pivot and continue pivoting to remain successful. And I love that answer too, because that is not just something that applies to business, right? That Mm -hmm, can apply mm -hmm. to any part or segment of your life. Um, I think that we always have to be adaptable. We always have to be thinking outside the box and um, figuring out different avenues to get to the same common objective or goal. And I I really like that. I mean, sometimes you, you get answers where it's just so particular to, you know, the specific business, but being adaptable in anything and thinking strategically really um, is -hmm. the way to succeed in life in general. You know, there's so many things that, you know, come up in life that we have to figure out, you know, it's like, you got to think quick because you're either going (laughs) to sink or swim. And um, yeah. So thank you for that. 
Absolutely. And you're so right. You're so right. You really do have to think because this is sink or swim. If ever there was a time, I mean, seriously, <laughs> sink or swim. So that's right. You better pivot and keep it moving. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I know you've had really great experiences in, uh, in growing your business and even, you know, your relationship with Walmart. Um, have you encountered any obstacles along the way? Oh, absolutely. There have been many. My first deal that I actually um, was going to put in place with Walmart actually fell through because I had a contract manufacturer that I had been working with. It's not like I just went through the yellow pages and just said, hey, can you do this? No, we had a relationship. I had visited the facilities. I had taken other people to the facilities um, to learn about contract manufacturing and building beauty brands the whole nine yards. But when I actually went to Walmart and I came back with a deal, everything just fell through and that company never ended up even sending my samples out on time. So that was absolutely devastating. I mean, devastating because my first deal was going to be 750 Walmart stores and I lost it because of, like I said, something that was totally beyond my control. So, um, so that was tough. But again, I had to just dust off and keep it moving. Um, but it's been difficult. And then, you know, frankly, one of the other difficulties has been um, the unwillingness of people in the business to share information and to help one another. Um, I did a whole uh, list. I made a list of other like black beauty brand owners um, for the purpose of reaching out. You know, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I've been doing this forever. So I know that there are so many brands that are on the shelf that are far more experienced than I am. And so I'm trying to, you know, build relationships there so that I can continue to help others who are, you know, at the other end of the spectrum that are kind of just getting started. But it's really been kind of challenging to find um, other, I guess, brand owners, if you will, that will assist and share information and help. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's been kind of disheartening, if I can be honest. Um, because of the fact that, as I stated earlier, if we don't help each other, if we don't share the information, most of us are founders. We yeah. don't come from, right. you know, generational wealth. We don't have, you know, family members that can impart this type of information. So because of that, because we're already, you know, working from, you know, we look back, like I said, our ancestry is not with business owners in most cases. It's not, you know. Our ancestors were slaves, my ancestors. I can't speak for you, but I'm saying. Mine and so too. coming from that, to be, thank you. So, so when you talk about being a supplier with a big box retailer, you know, mm -hmm. this is a first. This is a right. first. And so those who have been doing it before me and doing it longer, if they don't help me, I mean, it's not to say I won't get it. I mean, I'm going to get there one way or the other. But my goodness, can you just help a sister out, really, sister to sister? Um, and I'm addressing this, and I, I guess I'm calling on right now, I'm using this platform to call on other sisters who are doing business, you know, help your sisters out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let's just stop this hoarding information and hiding knowledge. There's room at the top for all of us. We don't have to look at each other as being competitors. We don't have to think that, well, if I help her, then, you know, it's going to not have room for me. It doesn't even work that way because you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's that's been one of the most, to me, one of the most disheartening I guess factors, if you will, that has really been a little disappointing because I know, like I said, I'm committed to helping others because I know how challenging it is and I know how rare it is. I do these podcasts and I try to help people because I know you need to know there's somebody that's doing it out there. You will never, you know, when you think about it, you won't seek what you don't see and you don't find what you don't seek. 
So if you never see anybody rolling like this, if nobody ever told you, hey, you know, there are black women that have beauty brands that are dealing with big box retailers. If you never see that, then you don't even realize it's even an option. If we don't see black business owners and entrepreneurs making change in the community, we won't aspire to even do that or become that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so in trying to break that and to shatter that glass ceiling even more, I think that we'll get there um, much faster and be able to help so many others if we all commit to lifting as we climb and to sharing knowledge and information. The absence of that, the unwillingness to do that, it's, it's hurtful. And it doesn't just hurt me. It hurts those others that I want to help because mm-hmm. I can't give what right. I don't have. Right, exactly. Right. And I can't share what I don't know. So, yeah, so that's that's hands down what the biggest challenge has been to me. I love how candid you were about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more so than that, I feel like we're the only community of people who have that type of um, Girl, thought process. I really feel like when you look at all other, you know, ethnicities, they really do a lot of group economics, you know, um, you know, they share information, they share resources, they, they, uh, you know, gather resources together, whether that's pulling money and, you know, loaning it out to other people, they give you the game plan to be, give each other, sorry, the game plan to be Thank able you. to Thank you. Um, facilitate relationships and opportunities and that is why they continue to win or continue to move forward while we're at a standstill so I really need- you know what thank you <laughs> I, listen, I'm over here like yes I'm like yes let's say it let's just talk about it because it is so true and you know what I hate to say it like so I said I'm just gonna put it out because I'm gonna tell you case in point this was two days ago. I reached out to a brand owner and I, I and I said could you please tell me I need help finding a reliable, good contract manufacturer because I've got deals on the table. Walmart's the beginning, but it was never, that was never the end game. I'm looking right. to get into all of them, right? So I reached out and I asked this person who's on the shelf, who is your contract manufacturer? Do you mind, you know, sharing the information? And the person politely basically told me, grab the yellow pages. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, I mean, and, and, and granted, in, in fairness, it was a it was a beauty. It was a trade publication for the beauty industry. But that but in essence, you're telling me go to the yellow pages and then said, I'm sure you will find somebody there that can assist you with your needs. OK, so I'm sitting here like and I had already read the publication. And here's the thing about it. So basically, by telling me to go to the yellow pages, that means I've got to go through, you know, maybe 50 different contract manufacturers, lose deals, bump yeah. my head, ha- go through their failures whatever before I finally find the right one when you obviously have at least one two three probably a plan a a plan b and a plan c that you're working with that's successfully manufacturing yours can I tell you I was hurt and as you can probably hear in my voice I'm still hurt okay and 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 when it done and and part of what you said was so true because here's what when I was sharing it because here I wasn't just asking for myself again I believe team teamwork makes the dream work I had other people who are in my same position that have products we're all trying to find out who are those reliable businesses that we can work with to successfully source our products for us in that. So I had to go back and tell them because I was so excited. Oh, somebody just connected me with the brand owner for so-and-so and they're doing great on the shelf and I'm, I'm reaching out right now. And then I had to come back and tell them, oh, they told me basically go to the yellow pages. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And what I told them, I said, you know what? I said, if I was of any other nationality community, not only would they would have shared the information, but they would have given a contact person and said, call them and use my name. Yes. Tell them so-and-so sent you. Yes. Tell them so-and-so sent you. Knowing that that's going to give you the credibility that you need to get through the door. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's so different. You know, I was taught, in fact, I was taught, my brother, that's my mentor, I shared the experience with him. And I said, you know, back when we watched The Godfather, they, you got mm-hmm. killed over that kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you refuse to share resources, I'm mm-hmm. just saying, when you refuse to share resources and to put, and they told me, they said, now we want some judges you have in your pocket. We want those policies politicians that you are. We want to know who they are. You've got to share that and bring it to the table to help your community, to help your community. You don't dare withhold knowledge and information when you know that it's going to help your, you don't do that. You don't do that. I look at referrals. I practice law. I don't know if I mentioned that. My day job is I practice law. I've been doing that for a minute now. And, And in the legal community, there are certain groups where if you get a referral, I can tell you nine times out of 10, that referral is going to be to another attorney that's of that same you see mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And like you said, we're the only people that my brother asked that he t- t- asked the guy, he says, listen, if you go to a, a whatever, let's say it's an Italian establishment, who do Italians work for? Italians. Right. Who do Chaldeans mm-hmm. work for? Chaldeans. Who do Arabs work for? Arabs. Who do Jews work for? Other Jewish people. Who do black people work for? Everybody. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. Okay. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and it's because of the fact that we can and we often say as a people, we need jobs. We need jobs. No, we need job creators. And Thank the you. only way we can create jobs is to grow businesses, to start businesses and to be able to hire people in the community. But if we're acting as stumbling blocks for each other, if we're withholding knowledge and information while other communities have demonstrated the difference, we can look around and we can see the difference. When we talk about leading the nation, when it comes to poverty, incarceration, recidivism, and unemployment, you have to ask yourself why. What is the difference? And the difference is that we don't own businesses. We don't have enough of our own. We're not creating enough of those jobs, and we're not helping each other. We're not supporting one another. We're not imparting and sharing knowledge and information. Mm -hmm. Preach. This whole thing is a word. (laughs) I'm over here, like, snapping. But you know what? Again, I love your passion because this is real life. In these communities, it's looked down upon or, you know, they're scolded for not helping their community. If within the Black community, you giving out information, people are like, oh, well, you you sure you want to tell people that? Are you sure you want to help this person out? Are you, are you sure that they might do this? Like, we're so skeptic and we're so like, you know, once you get that, that key to success, it has to be kept to yourself because someone might take it. Okay, well, why is that the case? Why? Because we constantly what? hold things. So when everybody feels mm-hmm. like they have to work so hard and, and they have to protect research that they can easily you know share knowledge everyone does become overprotective and it does become this thing of like well no don't tell anybody keep it to yourself it's like why are we so we look down on helping each other which is so backward you know exactly it's like yes we struggled for years but you know how, how, do, how do we want and how do we plan to change that? Why is the aspiration not to build a community that understands that we are stronger together? Literally. That's right. That's right. And that's where I guess that's part of why what I'm doing is so important to me yeah, is yes. because and I'm so thankful. You know, I am part of an organization. My brother started Global Empowerment and everything you hear, that's all we talk about is how in order to 
bring change. We have to be the change that we're looking for. And if we don't share that information, that's the whole purpose of being an entrepreneur. The purpose of doing business is so that we can bring change and so that we can create those jobs. And so we can drop the crime rate, drop the recidivism rate, drop the unemployment rate. It's only going to happen when we put people to work. You know what I mean? And that's the only solution. When you have a returning citizen, you got a brother that's been in jail for the past 20, 25 years, and he right. comes out, who do you think is going to give him a job if you don't give him a job? If he fills out an application right. nine times out of ten, if you answer that truthfully, you're disqualifying yourself right off the rear. Before you walk out the door, that application's in the trash. So who's going to work with that person? And if we don't work with him, what type of future does he have? And what will he do other than resort back to whatever he has to do to feed himself and feed his family? You see what I mean? Right. And I.e. attacking his own community. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly. We have every incentive to help. The same with women who, you know, especially when we know how the prison system is established anyway. So you commit some little minor whatever and it costs you five years or your life and you come back out. If we don't have a job to give you, if we can't say here, I'm going to empower you to make money so that you don't have to resort to crime, what do you expect to happen? Like you said, that same crime is going to be inflicted on someone else that's in the community. We're never going to get ahead that way. And I'm so thankful because we're talking about an organization of entrepreneurs where they're teaching people how to, for free, how to start a business. You go in and we're walking step by step, teaching you how to set the forms up, telling people, get your tax ID number and how to get it, telling people how to get the Dun & Bradstreet number, telling people about grants that are available right now, announcing them on a regular basis. This is the type of empowerment that we have to see more of. What I'm sharing with you, this is the type of information and knowledge that we have to get out there. This is a call for action right now for those of us Mm -hmm. who want to do business, who want to be entrepreneurs, to say, listen, the world needs what you have. We need you to start that business. We need you to be that job creator. And for those who are already doing it, where we're preaching to the choir, who are you helping? Right. Who are you helping? What are you doing with the knowledge that you've attained, that you've acquired? If you have a successful business, Who else are you helping to have a successful business? Who have you reached back to pull forward with you? Who have you held that door open for? Right. And if your answer is you, you're for, and no more, if it's you all about you, you're for, and no more, then guess what? It's time out for that. It's time out for it. I love that you keep, you, you keep saying like job creators, right? Because it it just, just sitting here listening to you, mm-hmm. it makes me think back to um, earlier in the summer with the protesting and um, when everything was Black Lives Matter and um, a lot of influencers and just the community in general had called on a lot of these big brands to, you know, show up and, and provide their their figures on, you know, how many minorities do you have? How many of those minorities are actually Black people? Then taking it further to Black women. And, you know, we put such a big push on um, some of these larger beauty brands, but you know, it's interesting that we never actually stop to question some of the smaller black brands. You know, I know your business is woman-owned, minority-owned mm-hmm. business, and you know, you are very mm-hmm. committed and passionate to making sure that you're creating jobs um, and a space for people like us. And I think even that, you know, is not really. Um, pushed upon a new, um, like new business owners, you know, and making sure that we're creating space for people like us, um, and not falling into the trap Uh of, you know, uh, lending a spot for someone who, yes, they may be just as qualified, but again, how are we working towards improving and uplifting our community? Um, that's right. That's, that's a very good point. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because oftentimes people think that 
you know, we have to be a Revlon in order to really bring change. You don't have to be a Revlon to bring change. You don't have to be a L'Oreal. You don't have to be a Unilever in order to bring change. You can do something on the small scale. I make it a point. When I'm looking for people to do things and I want to hire people, I will go on social media to my social media community, my friends and family, and I go there first. You see what I'm saying? I, you know, I just ordered two backdrops because now that I'm doing a lot of these, you know, podcasts and interviews, I'm getting my brand out there. Everything's virtual. We're doing a lot of Zoom calls. And so I was like, you know what? I like to see these backdrops that people look at. It looks really, really professional. So when the time came to do that, I didn't go to Vistaprint. And I'm not knocking Vistaprint. I'm not speaking against anybody who does it. I didn't go to FedEx. I didn't go to Office Max. I went straight to my social media and I looked for black owned businesses right here in my city that are doing that. And I said, I'm going to give them a chance. And I actually, instead of even doing one, I found two and I ordered one from each of them just to spread. You see what I'm saying? To support two different businesses. I ordered it from them. I want to do a photo shoot because the person who set this up, the David brand, they're like, hey, we got to get you out there. You got to do, we need some professional shots, do a photo shoot. What did I do? Again, I went to my community. I'm like, you know what? I want to find someone and I know there are photographers who are out there. And so, yeah. and so I say that to say, we just have to start thinking community minded before we go to those who are in existence that have been doing it for years, at least put the question out there, at least look for someone who's qualified, who can do it. My videographer, the person who does my pitch decks for me, you see what I mean? I'm keeping on with that right here local, you know, working with people that are connected to me. I'm networking and I'm actively seeking people. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, I'm not just waiting for them. I'm actually seeking and asking for referrals. And in the referrals, when someone puts a referral, like there's one on my page right now where I asked for a photographer to do a photo shoot. There's probably 50 photographers that are in my newsfeed right now on that post. Now, I may only be able to work with a handful of them, but what I'm hoping is that when other people have the same need arise, that they will look to that post and go and say, hey, there's some names mentioned here. Maybe I should give one of these people a shot. Right. Because you are supporting their business. You're feeding their family by doing that. And, yeah. and everybody else does it. Every other community does it. Every other nationality does it. We've mm -hmm. got to start doing that. We start, got to start looking from within. And it may seem like a small step, but if I'm spending a couple of hundred there, a couple of hundred there, and then as I grow, it'll become more. But you have to start with something. And so many things that we take for granted. This year, every holiday gift that I get, I'm buying it from a, a small business, a black-owned business. I'm making it a pound cake. It's a candle, a cap, a piece of jewelry, homemade, whatever it is. A, a pound cake. I just ordered from my store. She's got a pound cake business. I don't even eat pound cake, but I'm, I'm supporting her <laughs> business, and I'm getting, you know what I'm saying? I want to support her. So I'm gifting somebody with a cream cheese pound cake just because I want to support decision. her. Mm -hmm. It's active. It's an I think active people, decision. You know, yeah. that's something, and I want people who are listening to understand is like supporting Black businesses, supporting, you know, your community, supporting small businesses, um, ensuring that you have a team, you know, that is from your community. All of that is an active point of research you know it's right. not passive you know when we were looking for a lawyer right. we knew what we wanted and one of those criteria was that it be black owned that was an, a decision that we mm -hmm. made and then we actively had to research mm -hmm. businesses that fit that mold so it's not yes you know finding us and businesses like us women owned black owned minority owned they're not always right there front and center mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but 
Right. You put in just a little bit of work and we were amazed, you know, in our own research to see how many we needed social media managers, how many of them are out there easy to find and they're women and they're black, you know, so wow. no, it's, it doesn't have to be this, um, you know, intense journey of having to uh, push your goals back simply because you want to make sure your team is the way it is. It, it's not a passive thing either. You do have to do some work, but, you know, people, I think the, the media and the community, they kind of like to convince people that building an all minority team or all women team or all black team is this difficult thing to do in your business, that it's damn near impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, finding people who do the specialty things like photography and videography and marketing and campaigning, and it's hard to find those type of people. But in reality, it's really not. <laughs> those people exist right. out here and they're willing and ready That's to work. Right. And sometimes we'll do more work and better work than their than our counterparts you know yeah. but it's that's definitely right. not something that you know you can't just sit back and say okay well they'll find me that's not that's not how we're going to further this agenda of really getting ahead we it has to be active mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of involvement you know and i think if you're committed to that um you'll you'll find the people you know Right. They're out That's there. right. Because people are hungry out here, you know? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. hungry out here. Everybody has bills. I mean, really, this way. Yeah, we all got bills to pay. We're all trying to stay alive right exactly. now. I was like, yeah, come on. You know, and we have to support each other. We have to. I cannot emphasize that enough. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so true. And, and we, like you said, we have to stop thinking that it's going to be a setback to do it. No, it's your reasonable service to do it. At least give somebody a shot. You know what I mean? That's what I tell people. You know, I talk to guys, I'm like, look, I'm just asking for an opportunity. And I tell people that about Walmart. I'm like, listen, Walmart, all they're giving you is an opportunity, okay? <laughs> and that's all that's I can ask for. That's all. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking to take a shortcut. I'm not, I'm not asking for a hookup. Just give me an opportunity. And that's what so many Black-owned businesses, that's their saying right now. Can you at least give me a shot? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Give me a shot. Let me just, you know, try. Give me the opportunity. And if we don't showcase one mm -hmm. another, I've done the same thing, like I said, with social media. Like, I'm looking to buy you know, um, gifts from all of you, who has a business, showcase your products. And then hopefully other people will look at it too and say, oh, okay, I've been wanting to buy this. Well, I've been looking for something like that. And then just show some support. Every little bit helps. I mean that, you know, in a nutshell, every little bit helps. Everything that you do, every dollar that you decide to spend in your community as opposed to spending it somewhere else, it all helps. It all helps. Absolutely. And it's all appreciated. I can speak on behalf of black and female business owners, it's appreciated. Honestly, it really is. When somebody decides to give me a shot versus something that's on the shelf, tree hut or somebody else, I'm appreciative because I'm like, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So in saying all of that, all you know, <laughs> um, just what would be your one piece of advice that you would give to ladies who want to pursue their own dreams and build their own businesses? You know what I would tell them to, for one, to get moving, to get started. You know, the hard, one of the hardest parts I believe in actually getting out there is what my brother refers to as analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. And the longer you sit back and analyze, you will find a million reasons not to do it. And there's always going to be an, a reason or an excuse to kind of procrastinate and there may always be people in your ear telling you that'll never work. You can't do that. You know, somebody else tried that. It did not work. And so one of the biggest challenges, I think, for people who are trying to get started is to be able to just ignore all of that 
and to just become impervious to any type of criticism or anyone that's telling you that you cannot do it and take that first step. You know, for people who have books inside of them, I always say, you're not going to write the book overnight. And sometimes people get stuck on, well, I don't know what the title should be. Well, I don't have a graphic designer to do the cover. Don't worry about that. Get it out of your head, out of your heart, out of your spirit and onto the paper. See what I'm saying? And once you can do that and you take that first step, everything else will fall into place. You know, if you have an invention, do something every day. If you're writing, write a chapter every day. If you want to start a skincare line, do something. Start reaching out. Start studying it. Work on the formulations. Don't think about, oh, it's got to be a billion-dollar beauty brand. Can you just complete a jar of a body scrub? You know what I'm saying? Right. Can you just mix some oil? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do something. Because I'm serious. Those are the biggest hindrances is that there are so many people that have so many great ideas, but someone talked them out of it or they got busy with something else and they continue to put it on the back burner. And so mm-hmm. I think taking that first step, just doing something, because once you take that first step, that momentum, I'm telling you, it just kicks in. And the next thing you know that you're on your way. And the other thing I always tell new business owners that are um, startups, I tell them, be patient, trust the process and be patient with yourself and be patient with others. You know, I say, we see them in their glory, but do you know their story? People see me in Walmart. Walmart's not my first rodeo. I had a gospel workout video. I was selling wireless Bluetooth headsuits out of gas stations and liquor stores. I mean, you know I'm, I'm like, this did not happen overnight for me. So people look and they're like, oh, she got a Walmart. I could never do that. Yes, you can do that. But you got to understand that you got to pay your dues. Due season is when you paid your dues. So understand that it's a process and it's going to take time. There are no shortcuts. You take a shortcut, you get cut short and be prepared for delayed gratification. Um, yes, I love it all. I love it all. Yeah. So first of all, Tiffany, we want to thank you for coming on our show today. Um, you dropped a lot of gems and we really, um, cracked open the realities that, you know, our community faces and just how we can all, um, play our part and do better in really, um, uplifting one another and being, committed to leaving an impact that's greater than ourselves. So we really appreciate you coming and sharing all your knowledge and um, your obstacles as well as your wins. And um, of course, we want to congratulate you on Shark Tank, on Walmart. And I am 100% sure that we will see you um, a a lot more, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate this has been an amazing time. I really enjoyed you guys. So thank you. We appreciate it. Um, and ladies, as usual, you can find all of Tiffany's information in the episode notes, as well as her um, resources mentioned and business links. And we will talk to you guys soon.